Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. And welcome to the Dollars and Cents podcast with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, good to be with you again. How are you this week? I'm doing fantastic this week, Bill. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Lots of sunshine, fall weather moving in. Very nice. Very I nice know. It's day. been quite lovely here in the Midwest. Yeah. We're starting to get some color here in the Northeast. Just hints of what's to come. Oh, yes. That should be a great time of year to be there. We're not we're not hitting that yet here. So <laughs> I'm hoping for much, uh, hoping the warm temperatures will continue for a while. Well, <laughs> I, I would be much happier with the warm temps, but... I think we're getting, we're down in the forties now, back back, back this way. So I don't think that we're long for warm temps. Speaking of hints, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, I mean, as we're talking about the fall colors arriving throughout the country, um, can't believe we're already in the fourth quarter of the year. So I have in studio with me uh, one of my long-term colleagues, Jim Weil, and we're going to talk about things that our listeners can consider for some year-end planning as we're, you know, there's still time to uh, get some strategies in place and talk with your team of advisors on if it makes sense to do stuff this year or wait till the new year. So Jim, welcome to the studio. So excited to have you here. Thanks, Nicole. So before we talk about some of the strategies and uh, have Jim share some of his wisdom, for our listeners, I'd love to do a little uh, bio on Jim. As I mentioned, he's one of my long-term colleagues. We've worked together for about 18 years now. Time flies when you're having fun, right, Jim? Exactly. (laughs) And uh, Jim started his career in financial planning, and that was back in the late 80s. Um, He graduated from Purdue University with a degree in financial planning, and he holds both the CFP, which is the Certified Financial Planner designation, and the CIMA, which is the Certified Investment Management Analyst designation. Not only does he work directly with clients, but he is our current managing partner for Private Vista, and he's been in that role for the past five years. Also on the professional side, he is on the board of directors for our parent company, Hightower Advisors. Jim, uh, I know that keeps you busy and occupies a lot of your time, but how do you like to spend your free time when you're not serving us and your clients? Sure. I think you know if I'm not working and I'm not with my family, you'll probably find me on the golf course. That's a shocking answer. I never would have expected that. <laughs> well, and I know also, too, you really enjoy other outdoor activities with um, with your wife, Sharon, and then your two kids, Claire and Andy. So I, I do want to say a shout out to you so our listeners know that you recently completed your first triathlon with your son, Andy. That's true. It was his idea. And he found a way to uh, get a really fun, interesting, cool shared experience and whip his father into shape. Yes, 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 he did. Because for our listeners, um, even though 
Jim and I are in Chicago, which is very flat. His son decided they would do the race in Colorado. So at very high elevation. So Jim is in tip top shape at this moment. (laughs) So now that we know a little bit about you, why don't we get um, into the topic at hand? And as I said, for our listeners, you and I are going to discuss some things to consider um, to maybe get yourself in good shape for before the year ends or we head into the new year. I think, too, we can talk about there's certainly, Jim, you know, us and our listeners, we continue to live in a very fluid world. Um, I know both of us and our colleagues uh, pretty regularly would get calls from clients about current events that are going on and does it impact the long-term strategy or do we want to change how we're thinking about things? So we'll try to weave some of that in. Um, But I think listeners, what you'll know, and if you're a longtime listener of our podcast, you'll know that at Private Vista, we really take a long-term look when we're working with our clients. So just wanted to kind of get that out up front. So with that, with our first thing that we're going to talk about, Jim, is... um, Let's talk about income. And many of our clients are able to control the timing of when they are taking their income and sometimes how they're taking it. So let's start off with, again, you know, we're going to be straddling two tax years here in the near future. Why don't we start off with maybe if you want to talk about when you would want to accelerate? Let's start with that. And then we can talk on the flip side of the coin about when you may want to defer. Sure. So this is really timely to look into this topic. Uh, Most of our clients will find themselves with different tax brackets year over year. And not not in all cases, but in in many cases. So one of the things we've always stressed with clients is pay the least amount of tax over a period of time as opposed to a point in time. And so one example would be, we find many people have a a, a sense of never take money out of your IRA until you're absolutely required uh, based on your age. And, and oftentimes that can be a good strategy. However, what we find is there may be moments or opportunities where you can actually leak some money out of the IRA at a 10 or 15% tax bracket. And you might be able to do that for a period of a few years before you're forced to take out a much larger amount at a higher tax bracket. So that's one that we find that comes up very frequently. Another opportunity, Nicole, is to bunch deductions. What we find is a lot of people now end up taking the standard deduction, which has been increased over the last several years. And so there may have been deductions they relied on in the past that would have helped reduce their income tax. And now they're finding that that's not moving the needle. So one of the things you can do is bunch deductions where you accumulate them all in one year and then reduce them in the next year. And you can try to time that when your income is going to be higher in a given year than lower. And we find that can have some real value. That's things like charitable deductions, for example, would fall within that. Great. And for our listeners, one of our prior episodes, one of our colleagues, Sean Julian, was on the podcast and she's specifically was talking about donor advised funds. So that's also a great way if you're going to have a higher income year. So listeners, we would suggest you listen to that episode, which will be a deeper dive on that strategy. So along with, we talked about bunching deductions, so you can time or move around when you're making, actually writing the checks, if you will, or donating securities, however the best way is to fund it. 
So that would be kind of on the outflow side. Jim, why don't we talk about how we've worked with some of our clients who are business owners? Um, they might be partners um, in a professional firm or a physician's practice, um, you know, where you have a little more control over your income and it's not dictated of, you know, you get a paycheck every two weeks and then my cash bonus pays out in Q1. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we encourage people to look at is the timing of when they pay bonuses to their employees. Many times they're done at the end of the year, but they may spill into the following year. You might actually want to accelerate it into the current year if you're having a great year and pay it on December 31st. So we, we look at things like that. There's also, it's uh, very timely now to look at qualified retirement plans. We find that people may not have a plan in place at all, or they may be funding it on a fairly minimal basis. And there's still time between now and the end of the year to ratchet up those contributions and model out what that would look like. And that could create deductions of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars and set aside money for the future. Yeah, that's a great way. I know we've worked with clients on, um, you know, many people think of just the traditional 401k, which there are limitations set by the IRS. But as owners, not only can you do that, but um, some additional qualified plans that allow you to, um, depending on what your goals are, but as owners, you can really put away a lot more money for yourself and key employees, and it's all pre-tax. It is. And there may be opportunities for people to add family members to the payroll, assuming there's some justification for their roles. Yes. But that can also leverage other tax brackets depending on the scenario. So th these are a variety of things business owners uh, should take a look at before the end of the year and, and make conscious choices around them as opposed to you know, making some assumptions. Absolutely. Because not only, um, you know, as business owners, we know that's very fluid and can change from year to year. The tax laws continue to change as well. Um, and there's still a lot of good ones on the book. And so it does make sense to meet with your advisor, pull in your CPA, and then you can have a nice brainstorming session about what makes sense both for this year and then, you know, it, to the extent that you can plan for upcoming years. And that's a great point. Again, you know, the focus I think is pay the least amount of tax over a prolonged period of time. And and you know that you mentioned how tax laws are fluid and they change. Uh, the tax laws, as we know them now, are going to sunset at the end of 2025. So we've got 2023, 2024, and 2025 with one set of tax brackets, and then they're going to evolve, generally increase for for most people. 2026 forward from an income tax, estate tax, and, and other taxes. Yes, that is, uh, I know when they, you know, it was 10 years out when they put it on the books. We can only plan based on what the laws are today, but we are in the position, as Jim just shared, that if Congress doesn't make any changes, we do know today what it's reverting back to. And it will be, generally speaking, to higher rates. Um, a lot of details with that, which we won't get into today. But again, you do still have some time. Um, we do recommend these are not decisions where you have one conversation with your professional team of advisors. We're usually talking about larger amounts of money. There could be some irrevocable choices. So there's no do over to undo them if you change your mind or your situation changes. So um, we do recommend that you're talking to your team ahead of time so that you can see how does it apply to you? What are your options? And then most importantly is what does it mean for you and your loved ones overall financial plan? 
Because we always want to make sure that you, the client, has enough money that you're maintaining in your control and at your use so that you can continue um, the life that you want to. So I think from our for our listeners, kind of to wrap up on our first topic is if you have flexibility with how you can take your income. Um, I know we talked about business owners at Private Vista. We also work with a lot of corporate executives and you can have some flexibility there. And that's going to be more on the what we call executive compensation plans. So oftentimes um, company stock, long-term incentive plans, deferred comp can all be a piece of your compensation. And with those, you do have depending on how the plan is designed, oftentimes there's flexibility around when you're contributing, when you might be um, exercising options, if you have a deferred comp plan. So a lot of moving pieces there where we've been able to get creative and match it up both with the client's cash flow needs. But then as Jim has highlighted, how are we doing the plan so you're paying the least amount of taxes overall? I think that's the key is the least amount over a period of time. And and for our corporate executives right now, it's very timely to take a look at some of the stock options. The stock market generally has gone up over the last five years and, right. and, and meaningfully so in certain sectors. And it's very timely to take a look at that. And whether you have a non-qualified stock option or an incentive stock option, which have distinctly different tax treatment, whether you have an opportunity, as Nicole mentioned, to defer money into a deferred compensation plan. And, and straddle over a number of tax years. These are all things that executives should take a look at before year end. Yes, absolutely. And I think our key takeaway, and sometimes clients are surprised or we give them an answer they don't expect where we're like, no, you should pay taxes today. Um, because as we mentioned, taxes generally speaking, are at you know, pretty all-time lows from the brackets and the ranges. Um, and it could be better as well to do them at today's lower rates and then spreading them out over a period of time. So you just want to be thoughtful that all of a sudden you're getting ready to maybe retire, you're within a few years, and you've deferred, 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 and you don't want to, you know, you don't want you want to make sure it doesn't come out in one lump sum. And then there's also other details or things to consider about how long you want to have those pay out. So I think um, one thing you'll generally hear from our podcast is it's not straightforward. It's not A plus B equals C. I know I can speak for Jim on this and our colleagues. That's probably our most favorite part of our job is we get to put on our thinking hats and figure out how to put together all the different pieces of the puzzle so that it's the most beneficial for the individual client situation. I, I agree. And that's where experience comes in. And the team at Private Vista has considerable experience. And that's what adds the value to these exercises. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So I think we've done a good job um, on that topic for now. Um, why don't we go into another um, topic that 
may not be as applicable today. Well, it depends on the part of the portfolio we're looking at, but it is certainly something at Private Vista that not only do we do it year end, but we take advantage of when there are pullbacks in the markets. And that's going to be tax loss harvesting. So Jim, why don't you, for our listeners who may not be familiar with that concept, can you give an overview of what that is and why we do it? Sure. Tax loss harvesting allows you to sell an asset create a loss, subsequently repurchase an asset that's similar, but not exactly the same. What it does is it creates a loss that you can use today to offset other gains or even potential potentially other sources of income. And then you can have this, the investment hopefully increase in value just as it would have, but you're able to use a loss today. And this is the time of year that we start to look at this And it's important to do it before you get to the last couple of weeks of the year, particularly if you have mutual funds because of the tax treatment. One of the other things to look out for is something called a wash sale. So if you bought an individual stock, for example, and you owned Apple and you can't sell Apple and repurchase it within 30 days or the IRS ignores the sale, they consider it a wash sale and you don't get the benefit of the loss, even though you did incur a loss on paper. So one of the things that we look for is does the client have gains or you know gains from their investment portfolio do they have gains from a piece of property from a business what's the character of those gains are they short term gains long term gains and so we're trying to match these up for people again so we could pay the least amount of tax over a period of time and People may have losses from some of the investments from this year that they could have gone backwards, particularly in the last couple of weeks here. You know, we're at the beginning of, of October, but the markets have backed up in the last couple of weeks. And so right. you might have opportunities that you didn't have even two months ago. Yes, absolutely. And oftentimes I think our people or our clients think, well, the losses are only going to be on the equity or stock side of the portfolio. So you want to make sure that you or your advisor is reviewing the whole portfolio because we certainly have seen the bond markets, the U.S. bond markets, which were positive earlier this year. They were up close to 4% much earlier in the year, but now they're negative. So depending on, again, the price you paid and then what they're valued at today, you might be able to get some losses on that side as well. Yeah, That's a great point. And that's not something that's very typical in fixed income. Correct. So it'd be easy to overlook that. Yes. The other thing too, I think you mentioned it briefly, but let's just repeat it. So the reason we want to generate these losses is you can certainly use them to offset any gains um, that either come from positions you sold that were at a gain. Uh, as Jim did mention, uh, in we're getting towards the time of the year where if you invest in mutual funds, they are required to distribute any gains they generated. So those come out and we don't know those generally till, you know, December, November, December. Um, if you've done other things where it's re- related to a gain, selling a piece of property, maybe selling your business, um, why don't we talk about Jim though what if you didn't you don't have enough gains to utilize all the losses is it a use it or lose it situation That's a great question it's it is not a use it or lose it situation so those losses carry forward indefinitely and they don't expire until the taxpayer does so they stay on a single or joint return uh, indefinitely and you'll be able to use those losses in future years as you incur gains 
we've used this technique a number of times over the years. And going back to the Great Recession and one of the, the worst drops in the market ever, we were very aggressive on tax loss harvesting. And I recall a client in particular saying, I'm never going to live long enough to use all these losses. And about four <laughs> years later, they were all gone. And, and, and I, the client was still alive? It's still alive <laughs> okay. and frustrated that he then had to pay taxes again. <laughs> oh, oh, the short-term memory we all have as humans, right? Exactly. We're all we're all human. Yes, we are. And then the other thing too is not only do they carry forward, but you can use up to three thousand dollars a year against what's called ordinary income. And for our listener, that could be um, if you're still working and any income that comes through as a salary. Um, if you're retired, it could be against taxable interest income, against Social Security. So as Jim mentioned, they get carried forward in as long as you're around or indefinitely. Um, but you can also do 3000 a year. Um, so we've talked about potential losses. And I think, Jim, this is a great pivot into our next topic we wanted to talk about. And it's certainly something that um, I think everyone is aware of, and that's interest rates. And this isn't just in the U.S., but it is worldwide. So as we talked about losses and the bond markets, we know why those two are combined or correlated, if you will. One question I know we and our colleagues at Private Vista have been getting is, the upside or positive of interest rates being increased to return to more normalized level is as savers, you can finally get paid to do CDs, treasury bills, money markets. Um, a lot of the big banks haven't increased their savings accounts or, you know, kind of the retail products, but you can really get some nice rates. I mean, I know I've seen anywhere from like five to maybe five and a half at some points on money market. I haven't seen rates this high on on money market accounts in decades. Right. Literally. And and so you can, if you seek it out, make five percent plus on cash. What the the trade-off with that is you get a nice comfortable return today at a moment in time. At some point though, uh you there's an could be an opportunity cost, Nicole. So what I mean by that is at some point the Fed has the intention, at least they've stated this, to, to reduce rates at some point in the future. Their their goal, as stated, has not been to keep them elevated at this point indefinitely. Right. So we don't know when this happens. That's that's the magic question. It'd be great if right? we did. Wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> um, but, but what we don't know is how uh, you know how long that's going to take. But at some point, they will reduce them. And your cash return that we all like now of five plus percent is going to decline you know, immediately along with that. And so you might be trading off a good return at just this point in time, as opposed to there's fixed income products, particularly bonds uh, that are also very safe, but might lock in your rate of return for three years, five years, seven years, 12 years at historically high rates. And so as the Fed at some point goes from increasing rates to flattening out and then decreasing rates, uh, I think there's an opportunity cost that a lot of people aren't thinking about right now. So I would encourage our listeners to think about that opportunity cost, which may not seem like a big deal right now, but that could become significant. If cash returns go from 5% back to 3% and you had opportunities to lock in money at 6 and 7%, that might not feel so good. And you could miss out on some 
pretty good returns for pretty conservative investment asset classes. Yes, absolutely. I know, um, like you said, it has been a long time since we've seen these rates on without taking a lot of risk from the bond issuer. One of the other things we wanted to talk about was on the tax side. And for many of our listeners, you may, you know, many people have their taxes withheld by their employer from their paycheck and their bonus. But depending on a couple of things, um, you may not be able to withhold enough from your bonus if you have um, other those ex- executive compensation plans we talked about. Um, I know we have many clients where the employer will say, well, we'll only withhold 20%. That's the most we'll do. And the client really needs to be paying closer to 30, 35, if not 40% on that. Um, The other thing is as business owners, depending on how your compensation is paid, withholding may not be the way that your taxes are paid along the way. So many people will have what's called a quarterly estimated tax payment, and that happens four times a year. It's not tied to the calendar quarter because that would make it too straightforward, but you need to look at that and look at all your income paid during that quarter to make sure that you're paying what is estimated or projected to be due, and that'll help you avoid penalties and interest if you underpay. So, Jim, why don't you share a couple of things we talk with clients um, this time of year, since we know the next quarterly payment for 2023 will be January 15th. So what are some of the things people should think about or discuss with uh, their advisory team? Sure. Many of the estimated tax payments get set on what's called the safe basis, which looks at your tax liability last year and adds a factor to it. And if you make that safe basis payment, then you won't face any penalties, Nicole, if your tax liability ends up higher than what you actually paid in. That is a great strategy in a year where your income is going to be increasing. In a year where your income is level or declines, that generally is going to cause you to overpay taxes. And the greater the difference in your income, if it's gone down, the greater the amount that you're going to be overpaid which really amounts to an interest-free loan to the government. We just talked about how you can earn money on cash with no risk and conservative bonds. So the government's not going to pay you if you overpay in. So one of the things we suggest is take a look, if you're a business owner, on what your profits actually are year to date, and then you can adjust that quarterly payment. You could even skip it and make that adjustment. The other thing that we see is people who have a large amount of dividends, interest, any kind of taxable investment income, capital gains, or losses, take a look at the assumptions that you use to make your estimated tax payments for the year, and then compare that to the actual reality. We've found that a lot of people have set those estimates a little high in 2023 because 2022 was a good year and there were some bigger distributions for investments. But that may not be the case this year. So you may find yourself in a situation where you're overpaid and the next payments due January 15th. So that gives you a chance to right size it. So I I would take a look at the assumptions you made, compare it to the reality and make sure that you're on track to not overpay the government any quicker than you need to. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And the January 15th payment, because we're two weeks into the new year, 
we actually, you, the taxpayer, will actually have all the finalized data, at least from your investment, your traditional investment portfolio income. So as Jim and I mentioned, certainly we can, any gains that gains or losses generated by us at Private Vista doing the trade, we can always say, here's what we've realized. You're at a gain, you're a loss at any point in time. What we can't project is we have to wait till those year-end distributions come in from the mutual funds. And they are distributed by 1231. So you're able to um, adjust that January 15th payment based on your whole portfolio income. And we talked earlier, not just about quarterly taxes, but about accelerating or deferring income and deductions. Mm -hmm. And you can take a look at the when you pay this payment. You can pay it, Nicole, before January 15th. So you could pay it by December 31st of the current calendar year, and you might value that deduction more in 23 than in 24. So that's another one of those items you can look at. In addition, if you're a business owner or have self-employment income and, and you're running that through some sort of a corporation, whether it's an S-corp or an LLC, you you may want the entity to make your payments for you because they're still deductible. If you make them on the personal side, there's a very good chance they're going to get caught by uh, for the, the SALT limitations on Schedule A. But if you pay it through your entity, that's fully deductible. And you might want that done for the calendar year, which means at least for the state, state of Illinois in particular, you would want to make that payment by December 31st. That's what we do in our 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 company to make sure we get the full deduction for the full calendar year and it lines up with cash flow in the current calendar year. Oh, that's a great point. Also, too, as you are um uh, doing, you know, looking at your tax years. Um, Jim had mentioned about having a qualified plan or retirement plan. While generally your salary deferrals need to be made by 1231 for that calendar tax year, the employer contribution. So the, um, if you do a profit sharing, um, if you have a SEP IRA, you can, um, do your taxes saying, here's how much I'm going to pay in on that. But from actually writing the check or a cash flow perspective, um, you have until the later of when your taxes are due or if you file an extension. So for business owners, you could have all the way until the following October um, where you actually have to write the check. So you get the deduction for the prior year, but you have um, you know, almost 10 months before you actually have to pay the piper on that one. That's a great point because you get the deduction now. Right. But you don't have to part with the cash until later. So for some businesses, this this can really be helpful. Yes. Yeah. So all right. Well, Jim, I know you and I could sit here and talk all week um, and there would be nothing you'd like better. <laughs> uh, is there anything else uh, that you want to highlight for our listeners before we wrap up today? The takeaway for me would be you need to take a look at the assumptions that you make around taxes and the reality of the year. And then I would encourage long-term thinking about paying the least over a long period of time as opposed to a point in time. Our, my experience has been that that could lead you to different decisions. Mm -hmm. And we found people are happier with those decisions when they take that longer point of view. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think the takeaway is to, you know, make sure you have your full team in place. So you're not looking at this just in a vacuum or through one lens. 
And um, Jim and I have mentioned it a couple of times, but deferral is not always the best way to go. We're not saying it's a bad way to go, but there could be points in time or as you get um, through your career and life cycle where it may make more sense to either accelerate or just understand how you're approaching the strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be be careful about uh, assuming And relying on your intuition when it comes to taxes. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. Because I don't know, I don't know anything more fluid than our tax system right now. So it's uh, lots of the. I guess the upside of that though is if you're think if you're being thoughtful about this and you're working with your team, there's a lot of potential for opportunities there. There So. All right. So with that, I want to thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom with our listeners today. I appreciate it. Um, I think, as you know, I ask all my guests, if you could live anywhere in the world, no time constraints, no financial constraints. It's just, you know, where would Jim want to be? Where would you want to live and why? Uh, Jim loves the desert. <laughs> it's, it's nice sunny days. I'm like, cool, hmm, cool. is that related to golf? <laughs> cool. It's nice sunny days, cool evenings, no little humidity, no bugs. Uh, that's what that's, about the scorpions? So I, I'll take my chances with the scorpions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. I, I think we we might have to have an offsite private vista meeting then in uh, Q1 out in the desert with you. Okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again um, for joining us and sharing your wisdom. It was a good conversation and we will be wrapping up now. (laughs) You know, I just want to point out as a guy who grew up in the Southwest, scorpions want to have less to do with you than you want to have to do with them. So, All right. That's good to know. It's true with the rattlesnakes too. We We get them out there, but they're mostly afraid of you. Yes, they 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 ra- actually like rattlesnakes because they at least warn you they're around and then leave. So. <laughs> well, that's true. They're not hiding in your shoe. Except, well, that's a whole different kind of thing. <laughs> so, but thank you very much, Nicole. Before we get out of here, Nicole, uh, it's been an interesting conversation, and I think probably a useful one to a lot of your listeners. Uh, for those who don't know how to reach out to you and get in touch with you and find out more, and perhaps you know contact Jim. How do they do that? Yeah, thanks for asking, Bill. So the best way to get in touch with myself or Jim um, would be through our website, and that's at myprivatevista.com. On our homepage near the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a Contact Us button. And you can put in your information. Please reference that you listen to our podcast. And then we will. Uh, one of us will get in contact with you and would be happy to have a conversation about anything that was of interest from today's episode. Fantastic. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time to listen. If you are not a subscriber, please hit the subscribe button. That way you don't have to remember where you heard this or when a new one comes out because you will immediately be notified when Nicole has a new podcast for you to listen to. Uh, On behalf of everybody at Private Vista, I'm Bill Tucker. Thank you for listening. And remember, don't wait. Live your best life today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. 
And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.